I'm feeling joy about having the opportunity with you this weekend to explore how to awake joy. How to awake joy in connection with our practice and in connection with our life and in connection with our relationships. How to awake joy. Isn't that a wonderful theme? Mm-hmm. And we will uh, base this weekend on the seventh chapter of the Bodhisattva Tara by the Master Shantideva. We are not going to cover all the verses, but uh, most of them. And we will cover all the themes uh, in this seventh chapter. The book, the Bodhisattvatara, is about uh, awakening your heart. Be a, a vessel for for the for the love you carry. Called Bodhicitta, the awakened heart. The seventh chapter belongs to that part where Shantideva describes how to, after bodhicitta is awakened and after it is stabilized, how to increase it, how to make it stronger. So this weekend will be about finding a balance between being too too loose and being too tight, how to be consistent consistent in in this project of following this deep yearning which we all carry, the yearning to express ourselves, to share, to heal, to make this place a better place. (coughs) So how to be consistent, but without being too rigid, too fundamentalistic, without exhausting ourselves. It is a weekend about how to rest, but also how to wholeheartedly align yourself what is really important in your life and to check am I living aligned with what is really important in my life and where do I waste energy with meaningless things wasting this precious opportunity of being a, a source of uh, love. So it is a weekend 
to explore what, what is what is what is my practice so what is the practice with, which is nurturing me which gives me energy where in my practice am i burdened by guilt and duty It's a bit also about scaring you. It's one of the methods of Shantideva. I will do it very, very gently. For us, for us the, the, the carrot is better as a, as a motivation. But sometimes it helps to get a kick in the ass. Come on, don't waste your time with shit. Life is short. So the exploration of death is an important theme in the seventh chapter. Not, uh, not really to scare, but to bring some urgency into, into, into that which is important to you. So I'm not going to tell what is important to you. That's something you need to figure out yourself. But um, are you living your life in a way that you could die without regret tonight? And if not, then hopefully we have a few days to make some adjustment. <laughs> it's, it's possible. So it is also a weekend about boosting our self-confidence, a healthy sense of pride, that everything you struggle with, everything you experience as burdening, as uh, you know, all the stuff which draw, uh, which uh, depletes you of your energy is adventitious. It's like clouds in the sky. It's not really uh, that important as we imagine <coughs> it to be. It's not who we really are on a more profound level. So it is about uh, connecting with a sense of uh, basic sanity the sense that there is a sacred, whole and healed space already available, something which does not need any improvement and something which was never in any way harmed or poisoned. So this confidence that you can actually wake up in this life, this is very important to connect with that as best as you can. Because then you get passionate about waking up. But it's also about finding out that everything else, in a way, is pretty much useless. All the other projects will not bring you home, will not make you whole. It will be just one project after another. 
never-ending renovation project. So how to nurture that flame of awakening in us without getting too, uh, too tight about it, too judgmental. So that is joy, joyous effort. You know, Chantideva says joyous effort is to delight in, in virtue, he calls it, to delight in beneficial ways to delight in what is wholesome for you and for others, to delight in it, to, 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 uh, to f- experience joy. So on the other hand, what we need to look at in this weekend is what is called laziness. And uh, it's interesting uh, the way Chantideva describes laziness. There is uh, the laziness which comes from busyness. And then there's the laziness which comes from a lack of self-confidence. And then there's the laziness of, which comes from addiction to comfort. So... I, I think I must disappoint you uh, if you come here for, for comfort. On the other hand, many of us actually are, are in the need to learn to rest. Many of us are in a place where it's about feeling I'm good enough. I'm good enough. So, and then there's room for improvement. Yes, I'm enough, but there's room for improvement. So how to take this really, this important, the most important, the most precious, it's incredible. I mean, it's so, Lama Sopa says, a a mountain of diamonds compared to find this teaching. uh, No, a mountain of diamonds is uh, less, less precious than being able to do what we are doing this weekend. Mountain of diamonds can buy us comfort temporary comfort. And that would be a waste of the precious human life to see your life as, as an opportunity to hunt for comfort, to hunt, to hunt for entertainment. So how to take this really wholeheartedly it's so important, it's so important. We better don't take it serious. So how to, how to combine that, uh, that, this dedication to the awakening process? 
like wholeheartedly, like 24-7, without a break. And in the same time, have humor about it, take it lightly. See the emptiness of it. See it as the most important. And at the same time, it's just like a dream. Humor is important. I, I, I hope I can make some jokes. <laughs> There's nothing more paradox than a serious Buddhist, <laughs> a fundamentalist Buddhist. That's not that's not compute. So I'm really looking forward. I, I, I don't know what's going to emerge in this weekend, but I'm really looking forward to explore ways to increase your vitality, <coughs> the joy in your life, in your practice. Uh, to look at how do you bring unnecessary tightness you know, through the inner judge, through the perfectionist, through the I'm not good enough, uh, how, can we, how can we relax there and dissolve that? And uh, the Buddha found out that the truth of this moment is bliss. That's what this is, bliss. Now. So, no. Now, this is bliss. And uh, so it's not that the vitality or the energy or the joy that it is not there. It is there. So it's a matter of discovering it, of, of undigging it. And it's a matter of relaxing that, which we do to s separate ourselves from joy. This joy, <coughs> I mean, there's so much joy. Yeah, it's like, I mean, look at us, you know, <laughs> how beautiful we are and you know what we're doing and that we're sitting here in a nice room in, in a peaceful country and we have all water tonight and uh, a place to sleep and we have friends and, you know, we have the Dalai Lama, uh, we have the Buddha, we have an income. <coughs> Our life is not going out into the street and fighting for survival. It's like, this is like heaven. There's a long waiting list of people who want to live here in Göteborg. <laughs> yeah, it's like, 
I mean, that's how how good it's it, it's it's uh, it is uh, on this planet right now, and that's where you live. There's so so many things to discover, you know. Uh, for example, uh, maybe most of you you don't have a tooth toothache. You don't have a toothache right now. Some maybe have. No, I had a toothache just the last two weeks. I went to the dentist yesterday. Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy not to have a toothache? <laughs> yeah, like feel, you know. Remember how it, it really sucks when something is wrong with your teeth, you know. It's like when there's a hole or you feel like really horrible. So if you don't have a toothache right now, <laughs> joy. We have a bit of a disadvantage there because our mind, out of evolution, evolutionary advantage, tends to look what's wrong, what's missing, what can be improved. It's hardwired in our system. What's wrong here? What's wrong here? What's missing? Yeah, it's a bit too hot or too cold. or So that's where our mind goes. And that really sucks. So it, it takes a bit of uh, diligence and uh, a practice and mental stability to insist on gratefulness. To insist on looking at this big part of your life, this big part of your being, which is so beautiful, so fantastic, so magic, so wondrous. Instead, we look at the things which, you know, the feelings we don't, we find difficult or that we are maybe a bit timid or, you know, that we are not funny enough or not smart enough or that we have wrinkles or that's what we look at. It's, it's amazing. And that's some, and the good news is that's something we can change. So it's also, well, this weekend is also a bit of a reminder and inspiration for you. You are not a victim. You are, you are, you can change. By, just by directing your attention to what is important to you. Just by directing your attention to that which matters. And it could be that most of us, when we contemplate what, what does really matter, is that we come, we come to places of heartwarmness, of kindness, of friendliness. Isn't that, I mean, if you would die today, so what, what would be important? Isn't that? somehow the way you express love and the way you received love. 
isn't that isn't that the most isn't, isn't that the gold in our life other people as rick from the walking death says it's all about people It's all about people. <laughs> then this, uh, the, the reminder, and uh, Chandideva also talks about that, the reminder that we have the teachings that we have a safe direction in life and here teachings I not necessarily mean only the Buddha Dharma I mean we are the first kind of generation ever who has access to the whole wisdom of humanity We have access to the most profound teachings who, for before us, were un, un, unavailable for many, many people. And we can just, not only the internet, yeah? so we can, of course, we can go, we, can, we have access to everything, but we can also uh, meet teachers and groups and practice together and support each other. This is uh, this is very special. This is, I mean, it's like, again, it's not uh, to win in the lottery is nothing. It's nothing. If you have dreams about, yeah, I have also sometimes dreams about. <laughs> wow, yeah, but it's nothing. It's nothing compared to this pile of books over there. I, I don't know how we managed to get here. It's almost impossible. You know, in the Buddhist cosmology, they talk about universes, I, 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 countless universes, who are in the different phases of existence. And it's so difficult to get to a place where you have the opportunities which we have right now, tonight, here. What is also so beautiful with these teachings is, since life is fucking difficult, so this is something we need to swallow. And Shantideva talks a lot about that. It's just one damn problem after another. And I tell you, it's not going to stop. It's getting worse because you're getting old. You will have more losses. People will die. You love. You will lose your teeth, and you will lose. You will. You will, you will lose your job. And there's there's no way way around it. But. And Shantideva will try to convince us uh, that 
this is actually uh, a, a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. Uh, and the wonderful thing is that the Dharma, the teachings, and here Dharma not only understood as Buddha Dharma, that they give you tools to transform that which is difficult into gold, that which is difficult into uh, opportunities of awakening, opportunities of expanding, opportunities of growing. And this is so... This is... Uh, this, is uh, this is so amazing. Because it's happening anyway. Sickness, old age, death, anxiety, depression, loss, physical pain. It's happening anyway. There's no way to avoid it. But here we have, we, we, we get the, the, the tools to, to turn it into gold, to turn it into diamonds to turn it into something which supports what is really important to us, and let's assume it has something to do with opening your heart, loving more, not less, always loving more, not less. Why? It just feels so good, and it's just, it's just, in our nature, it's just it just wants to come out. You can't help yourself. You are a love machine. <laughs> You're born like that. If you don't if you don't follow that 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 yearning, you, you will get a feeling that you're wasting your life. You will have regrets. You will have a midlife crisis. You will get depressed. So just uh, this, uh, you know, contemplating like this, what is in the traditional Lamrim teaching is called the precious human life, and one part of that is to contemplate how how fantastic, how wonderful it is to be connected with what we are connected with, and here the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. It, that, that alone can be a kind of stream of joy throughout 24 hours, 24-7. Like a stream of joy, like in the background. It's like... So no matter what, no, no matter where you go, no matter what happens in your life, and, and very difficult things are happening in our lives, but there is this light around you. There's, it's like, and that's the light of the Dharma. So put a, a picture of the Dalai Lama on your kitchen table. Or, you know, Jesus or whatever who, who is, uh, who is uh, symbolizing this for you. And this is joy. It's like, a, it's, it's a genuine joy. And it's a joy which comes from inside. And it's a joy which nobody and nothing can take away from you. 
Nothing. No war, no sickness, no loss. That does not mean that you don't feel the difficult feelings, yes. You do. This is not an escape from being human and having feelings. But there is this light, which sometimes you lose. It's called the dark night of the soul. But then you put some, you come to a place like this, you are reminded. And then you notice, wow, yeah, it has been there all the time. I actually didn't lose it. I just didn't look. I don't know why I got into talking. I actually wanted to uh, uh, meditate. But, uh, <laughs> actually, this was a guided meditation. <laughs> I tricked you. <laughs> It was a bit quick, but this is what is called analytical meditation, what we just did. So you go through a certain chain of reasoning, you invoke certain images, and then you pause. There was not so much time for that, <laughs> but I made a little pauses. And then you feel. So you feel how it feels in your body. So don't sit here just listening to the words. How does it make you feel what I say? That's more important. If you then kind of lose the next few sentences, that's completely fine. Uh, change does not happen through positive thinking. That's bullshit. So what you need to do, and that's what we do in analytical meditation, we, we, we bring it into our body, we feel it in our guts, so that becomes part of our nervous system. So if you felt some, something, like, you know, could of course some, maybe, maybe some of the things I said you think it's bullshit, but maybe I said something which you felt like inspirational, uplifting. So what you would do then is you would pause and you would, would soak it in. So it's not just uh, being aware that you don't have a toothache right now, it's then to pause and to feel it. Wow, yeah, it's true. I don't have a toothache. That's so wonderful. And you feel it. Where do you feel it? Your hair should stay on end when you, when you think about not having a toothache. <laughs> I think I just keep on going and then we have a break and then we... Then, uh, then, uh, and we do a meditation. So one, one part of awakening joy, a very important part, I think, is to become a joy detective. Become a joy detective. 
Where is joy? I know, and I don't want to put down uh, periods in your life where you feel everything sucks, it's all dark, it's hopeless and meaningless. But still, I would give you the homework, be a joy detective. But not in a sense that I would put down the way you feel. Yeah, that's, we, we need to honor that, you need to, you need to be loyal to how you feel. But then still, this, where's the joy? Where's joy? There's, you know, sometimes you have the feeling, oh, the whole body is heavy and there's anxiety everywhere and it feels horrible to be in this body. So, look for joy. How is your big toe? How does it feel to move your hands? How does it feel to be able to walk? There's joy. It's understandable. Sometimes the connection with that or the view on that is clouded. Yeah? So put a bit effort into it. Where's joy? Take a bath. Get yourself a massage. Touch someone. Hold your cat on a lap. There's joy. Listen to some music. There's joy. There's joy in breathing. So this is a beautiful breathing meditation, particularly if you have a sense that uh, breathing is not so... This, I, I, I'm more aware of the, the tension or something like that. Then again, be a joy detective. Where do we experience the breath as, uh, as um, nurturing? So I'm not talking about, wow, joy, yeah? So maybe I could just say, look where it sucks less. <laughs> so not, no big expectations, you know? Joy it sounds a bit like kind of Hollywood joy, yeah? So this is not America, this is Sweden. <laughs> so we have... Modest joy. <laughs> yeah. Modest joy, quiet joy, subtle joy. It's so subtle, sometimes you miss it. So, be a joy detective in daily life. Not only so your, to search your body, uh, contemplate the precious human life, so different, different entrances, but also open your eyes to the joy of other people. Go to a playground with children instead of meditating. Go to a playground. Look at children. 
Get yourself a dog. Best thing. <laughs> Best thing. I, I saw a good study that people who have a dog live around eight years longer. Why? They have more joy in their life. They have no... Because a dog is... Are nurturing what is most important for us and what is most important for joy and that's heartwarmingness. That's that's the that's the most uh, genuine source of joy is our warm-heartedness, our connectedness. And a dog, I think they are bodhisattvas. <laughs> All dogs are bodhisattvas. And the dogs in Sweden, they do more for mental health than the whole psychiatric system. <laughs> I'm just saying this, uh, but uh, I could say there are studies about it. <laughs> if you can't have a dog, get a hamster. <laughs> yeah. A plant. Yeah? A plant is also uh, responding to a warm-heartedness. Your dog, for sure. I mean, dogs responding so much to warm-heartedness. Cats. Even cats. I mean, they don't care, but they, they, <laughs> they, they respond to warm-heartedness. So children, you know, just uh, you know, every uh, you know, every bike ride, every uh, commuting uh, in trains and buses, look for joy. Be a joy detective. Look for a mother taking care of her children, of her child. Look for an old couple. Look for a conductor, a bus driver who is kind. And even if everyone is a bit grumpy, yeah, then you could think, wow, how do we manage Vikings to be cramped in this little space without killing each other? <laughs> yeah? It's quite amazing that they restrain themselves and they are kind of, you know, It takes... Uh, of course, it takes uh, it, it it takes stable attention, and it is it it, it, it takes stable atten attention, and it takes stable intention. So you need to in the morning you say you need to say, oh, to not, today I want to be a joy detective, and. Uh, and then I will put my, I will download a, an app which is reminding you every hour. Joy detective. <laughs> so and then wherever you are in the office, in the bus, shopping, you pause. Okay, joy detective. Hmm.
also be a joy detective in your practice, if you practice something. So instead of uh, starting with, so how I, can I increase the joy in my practice, become aware of the moments of joy which are already there. And do more of that. And less of that where you feel, no, this is, you know, I'm doing that because I'm afraid of Papaguru or something like that. So you, you, you look for which part of your practices bring you delight. Do more of that. Much more. Okay, maybe you have some commitments and stuff like that. Then you can explore how can, how can you make those joyful for you. This is an important theme this weekend, is how to make your mind fascinated about your own practice. Like a child, like a childlike wonder of what you're doing in your practice. And then if you notice that part of your practice are coming from fear and duty, probably it's better to just drop that for a while. So, joy detective. Becoming aware of the joy which is already there. Then, connected with that, be a detective, a, 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 warm, a warm-heartedness detective. Be aware of the movements of your heart. Be aware of what is touching you, what is making, what is making you feel connected what is opening you. And again, we are not looking for, oh, I have such an open heart. No, little things. Slices, slices of warm-heartedness. Now, this warm-heartedness, the Tibetan word for that, that is seva. It's like this energetic flow, which is kind of I show here, but it's actually, you can feel it maybe in your hands or in your face or the way you look or the way you talk. And it's, uh, it's something inborn. We are born with it, as you know, if you have ever looked at a, at a baby, at a child. It's not something we need to get somewhere. It's not something someone has to give us. It's in our nervous system, it's in our mind. So instead of starting by contemplating how to open the mind or develop compassion, again, start by becoming aware where it is already there in your life. Meeting a friend. Uh, preparing a meal for someone, smiling at someone, uh, noticing two people smiling at each other, 
in the bus. And again, it's like, it's everywhere. So, be a Tseva detective. So today I want to be a joy detective and a Tseva detective. And of course, they come together, yeah? so they belong together. I would say even maybe the Tseva detective is more important. And it's, it's amazing. Uh, you, know, you can go through the city like this, or sit in the train like this, or you can be a Tseva detective. At least for five minutes. You can be also a Tseva detective on Netflix. You can be, uh, you watch the cat videos on Facebook. It's like, you know, get this muscle, this flow, get it moving. Let it flow. Let it uh, kind of get it, get it running. Uh, you can't do this without being touched. You can't do this with some tears. You can't do it without some tears. You can't do it with this kind of, no, actually, I don't want to be touched. I, I, don't, want to feel, I don't want to feel. I want to be in my head. Yeah, give me a, a, a definition of compassion. <laughs> Something I can study. I don't want to feel it. So it's, uh, it sounds good, opening the heart and you know, loving, but it's like, it's bittersweet. It's like, it's difficult. We don't want, we don't want, you know, there's like, a, a, it, 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 there's an attachment to the cocoon. There's an attachment to the, no, it's too much. There's a big yearning, but on the other hand, there's this fear of being vulnerable, of showing yourself, of expressing what you feel, of uh, receiving seva. It's what we long most for, and at the same time there is this struggle around. And that has to do also with the fact that the movement of seva depends on your willingness to be with your pain and the pain of other people. So opening your heart, you know, which sounds so good, or you know, being compassionate, means also to be more daring to hold and touch and be with pain, with suffering, your own and the suffering of others. But it's really worth it. It's really worth it.
Okay, so I think that's it. We can stop. <laughs> we can go home and watch Netflix and 